welcome to Business Talk Sister Crack. I'm Becca and today's topic is what is social currency? And if you did not listen to last week about what is cryptocurrency, that would be a really great place to start with me today. Uh, back this week is Ethan Turrer. And I just thank you so much for your time. I really have enjoyed our last week's conversation. Yeah, I mean, I hope I helped your audience last week. I know there was a lot I threw at them, terminology and whatnot. Um, I always, I'm more of a visual learner. So if last week was a lot, I would definitely recommend going like YouTubing stuff. Like there's great resources out there. Um, but yeah, this week I hope to get into more about my book and yeah, other, other parts about social currency. Yeah. Okay. So your book is the next gold rush, right? Or is there a tagline with that? Yeah. The next gold rush, the future of investing in people. Yeah. Okay. So let's dig into the heart of social currency because I'm really intrigued about how it works. And, and I want to uh, uh, clarify this conversation for my audience because this is still a work in progress. And Ethan and I were talking a little bit before this just about the reason I want to talk about this is because I think it's important to share ideas that are still a work in progress with people. The more you share, the more feedback you get and, and um, the more you can craft it into something that's actually tangibly workable. Um, I know I did that with so many iterations of things when I was actually building a, a physical product and people saying, I tried it in this, but when it comes to digital things, a lot of times you need to talk and talk and get to a totally new idea than when you originally started with. So tell me about what social currency really is and how does it work? So cryptocurrency is like a very broad term. Um, one application or like I call it a use case of cryptocurrency is this term called social currency. So basically social currency is your reputation, right? It's everything that when you create a Facebook account, all your followers, like your posts, all your likes, comments, retweet or shares, all of that that goes into like your currency you're creating through like social social networks, right? The problem right now is that social networks, the value is being like captured by like the Facebooks and like the Twitters and like all the social media giants of today. Um, but with social currency, like we're decentralizing those big institutions so that the value goes back to the creators and so you're, we're seeing a lot of like creator coins right now, um, a lot of pages that are dedicated to investing in influencers. Um, that's the, been the primary use case. Um, in my book, I explain how everyone will have their own cryptocurrency that's connected to social currency someday. So hmm. uh, yeah, that's it's your visionary a, thought, right? Mm, so the, the universal problem that I'm trying to solve with my idea is that we do not control our value. Um, it seems like a very simple concept, but it really is very transformative if you start to realize that since the day you were born, your value has been decided by other people, other parties, other companies, other governments. Like basically your value is what your employer tells you is your you know, your labor rate, right? Like that's, that's like mm -hmm. a simple way of putting it, but or we like create, the value of an insurance policy for you. Exactly. Your life yeah. insurance, like all the, all these things, like that's your value. It's determined by other parties. Why can't we control our own value? And so that idea is what led me down this rabbit hole of, well, you could do that with cryptocurrency and social currency would be like the best application for this idea. So I want people to be able to create their own cryptocurrencies that is tied to their 
total value as a person so that finally they can control it instead of some of the, some other party or group controlling it. Yeah. So, and when you were talking to me about this originally, I was like, so essentially what I'm hearing from this is almost like when a startup goes after um, seed money, they're like, this is all the value that we're bringing with this idea. Right. But, but it's given to the business, but in this case, it would almost be like a more of an opportunity for a solo entrepreneur to say, here's where I want to do with my life. And this is the crypto that I'm issuing. If anyone wants to invest in that journey. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. They're basically crowdfunding their life. Um, it's actually funny because I, I studied entrepreneurship in school. And so the idea came from being at an entrepreneurship event and thinking, why is it that I can't invest in the entrepreneurs, like the founders of the startups? And I have to invest in their like most likely to fail startup, right? Because most startups, like 90% of them fail if you're a first time entrepreneur. But I feel like all the people I would be investing in would be good invest investments. So in my head, it made sense that I would want to invest in them. In Silicon Valley, actually, um, like venture capitalists, they'll say that we invest in founders, not the startups, right? Like that's something they actually say, but really they're just like signaling it. Like we care about the people we're investing in. Um, but why, why couldn't you actually invest in the people? I, I think it makes sense. Um, there just hasn't been a, a tool that we could use to create this idea yet until cryptocurrency. So. Yeah. And okay. So I also was thinking about this in terms of other ways that I see social currency currently in in the world, um, it, essentially like maybe a digital way of having others contribute to a person's life mission. A tangible example would be like buying a t-shirt branded Mr. Beast because you enjoy the YouTube videos and you think that either you, you're buying that because you want to support what that person's doing so they keep doing it or because you think it's going to be worth more in the future, like um, an NFT or a Pokemon card or something like that. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's ways of like getting at investing in people, right? Like another example would be Patreon. That's been a very um, more focused like way of investing in like YouTubers, right? I follow a lot of YouTubers and they don't make that much money on ad revenue. Mm -hmm. um, but with Patreon, they could have like people that subscribe to them and pay them, you know, monthly, weekly, whatever. And so the problem with all of these existing models is that it's still like a donation-based thing. Like, mm -hmm. I mean, maybe if you buy a shirt, like you're getting something in exchange, but, you know, the real core of the relationship, like the value from like just watching someone's content or, you know, it could be anyone, like any influencer follower relationship, um, that value uh, is not being captured. And it doesn't matter like what example you use. Like, even if it's the Patreon example, that's still a one-sided example where, wouldn't it make more sense if I could like invest in the person and when they increase their following count or they have like, you know, their brand gets bigger and bigger and more people are aware of them that I would also benefit from their increased, you know, um, reputation and the value that they're creating. Like, I think the community benefiting from the growth of the community makes more sense than just the influencer, right? Because if you think about it, like Taylor Swift, right? Because I use her a lot in my book. Taylor Swift did not just create her brands by herself right she has loyal fans she has people who like will share her music constantly people that will buy all of her merchandise buy all like just they're like taylor swift's like stands right like without those people taylor swift would not be the person she is today so 
why isn't there a way that those people who are literally investing in Taylor Swift can benefit from Taylor Swift's success? I, I think it makes sense. We just don't have a way of doing it right now. Yeah. And I also think too, like that relationship building is key in that example too. I don't know if you've ever read um, 1 million followers by Brendan Kane, but he actually uses how she went about building that fan base by particularly going out and reaching out to fan, commenting on everything, responding to every message herself. And, Mm -hmm. and I think that that's the same thing with this. Like if you're going to, if you were thinking about using a capital place where you build a cryptocurrency and people are investing in it, that is still relationship management in some ways for the people that are saying that this has value to them. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the other thing is that I I know I I give you uh, the book early, but I wrote a bunch of different chapters about how I see this playing out. Um, Social media is like one example where like the influencer and follower relationship just really isn't being captured as much as it could be. Um, the other example I give is entrepreneurship, which we kind of talked about where, you know, it makes sense that you would be able to invest in the entrepreneur. Like I think about it like Elon Musk coin. So if I was able to invest in Elon Musk right after he created X.com, like while he was at PayPal, I would probably be like as wealthy in some respects as like Elon Musk in terms of like the value creation, like I would be supporting him. And so in that sense, I would be getting a return by buying his cryptocurrency. Um, If like all of his startups failed, then it wouldn't be as valuable, right? But because he's like created SpaceX, Tesla, you know, SolarCity, um, like all these companies, like you would think that by helping him start that path and like invest in his entrepreneurial career, you would also benefit from all the things that he's done. Yeah. So my next question is in this concept of from our last conversation, how can anyone just create a cryptocurrency or is there like a lot of maintenance and cost or expertise that has to go into that or how does that work? So I I want to premise this by saying that uh, I haven't actually created the idea yet. So I've talked to a lot of people and developers and I have a good idea, but I don't necessarily know if this will play out exactly how I envision it too. So to answer your question, I I think that every person should be able to create their own cryptocurrency. That doesn't mean that everyone should necessarily like, like for instance, um, in my book, I talk about public coins versus private coins. And so if you think about a public coin, it'd be like a politician, right? Where they are a public servant. We hold like public politicians to a higher standard. And so that standard um, is because we're investing in them, right? And so like as citizens, we want them to do something like that we've elected them to like represent us. I feel like in a similar sense, a public coin would be like, you know, I am a public persona. I have certain goals, public goals that people are investing in me to, to accomplish. And so it's my job to be as transparent and open about it as possible. And so I think that's why the influencer model makes sense. Like a lot of influencers are already doing these kind of activities where they're publicly sharing their lives with their followers and trying to get followers interested in like supporting them on their journeys. Like this is just the perfect mechanism to support that model, but not everyone is like that. Right. So not everyone wants to share their life on the internet. I get it. Um, So that's where the private coin comes into play. Uh, A private coin would be basically a way to create your own coin so that you can invest in other people's coins. 
So either way you want to slice it and dice it, this allows them to create their own currency, but they don't have to be public about it. They can literally just support other public coins. So you have to create a coin in order to participate, but you don't have to go public with it. Um, anyways, that I, I can explain that more if, you, if you're interested. Yeah, yeah. So I have a follow-up question, like that a couple of them that are kind of interrelated. So what if your coins were purchased by, let's just say, so you were had a public coin and they were purchased by a foreign power who had no incent, intention of selling them again, do you think that they would have a, a, a lot of pressure on what you chose to do in life or how your coin performed? Yeah, it's funny. Um, when you sent me that question, I had this like funny thought and I thought it'd be funny to share it because the way that I see it, right, um, there, would be, there would be like a limited supply. So, mm -hmm. you know, let's say, let's say for like ease of, like, let's say there's only 100 Ethan coins that will ever be made, right? Mm -hmm. Just to keep it easy, 100. Um, my first goal in life was to go to college. <laughs> like, I turned 18, I was like, I want to go to college. College is expensive now right? in America. Like, it, it could cost, like, easily fifty dollars to $200,000. Like, it's just a lot of money. And so if you're lucky enough, like I was, your parents will support you. But your parents also don't. Um, they don't really control your life in like a sense that like they tell you what to do every day when you're in college, but they are like kind of telling you like you need to get good grades, right? Like get a good investment or like return on investment, get a job after you graduate. Like in a sense, they're kind of like a foreign power of your life, right? Um, and so if your parents uh, bought 100% of your coins because those were the only ones that were willing to buy it at the time and they were telling you what to do every day, your success is still like determined by you though, right? If you decide to switch majors, if you decide college isn't for you, like all these things could happen and your parents could still be holding 100% of your coins, but they they can't really control your life in like a sense of like what you're getting at, which is that there's no like 51% majority makes you like the owner of someone's life. Like you're not a slave to anyone, but you do want to make your investors happy, right? So there's kind of like a trade-off, like how do you make your parents happy without letting them control your life? Like it's it's kind of like that relationship which is what i'm getting at um i'd never i would never make this if i thought we'd be creating like a slavery market or something like that it would be the worst thing ever um <laughs> i i think that this would be more like make your investors happy while also doing what you want with your money and your time and like the idea is to empower people with this idea and so if you're not being empowered then what's the point right right yeah and and i guess my other going back to my original question is it hard for someone right now to create like any kind of cryptocurrency or is it still pretty complex at this point for just a random person to try to jump in and create one in the social currency space it's pretty easy um there's other platforms out there like uh, bitcloud rally like if you just look them up um it's all you need is like a large Twitter following or something. And then people want to like start investing in you. Like that's, it's, it's really as easy as like, you know, going to one of these sites and clicking like create a coin. Like it's, it's like creating a social media page, right? Like it's not that hard to create a new Instagram nowadays. So it's, it's kind of like that. But the problem is that the long-term value of your creator coin or whatever you're creating right now, I don't know necessarily if those are going to be the networks that stay that stand the test of time. Um, that's kind of like the problem we're seeing right now. I, I mentioned last episode that there's like thousands of cryptocurrencies. Well, not all of them are valuable, right? A lot of them, like people stopped developing on them, people stopped using them. And so they went to zero. Um, that happens a lot because 
there's so much innovation happening that all of the talent is going to the ones that like the networks that are the most valuable. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of movement. Um, and that that's not um, unique in any sense. So like social currency, it's the same thing. Like maybe my idea will be valuable because people will see it value as valuable and maybe not. Like it's, it's really a huge, um, that's a huge like question mark, but I will say that, you know, it doesn't matter like what project you're interested in, as long as you have a passion, I think that's what people are most excited about now is that you can literally disrupt every industry with blockchain. Like every single industry is on the table for being disrupted right now. And so that's why this is so exciting. I have chosen a unique path with social currency that not many people are thinking about, but NFTs are like a huge use case also. Um, I think I mentioned that last episode, NFTs. I want to quickly give the little NFT plug. So NFTs are non-fungible tokens. Basically, it's a unique cryptocurrency. So instead of Bitcoin where, you know, one Bitcoin is the same as another Bitcoin, right? They're, they're interchangeable. With NFTs, it's like collecting artwork. So you can't just exchange one piece of art for another, right? They're not, they're, they're not interchangeable. And so you're, you have this new uh, market for digital collectibles that's ex- that exists in the NFT space. Mm-hmm. And what I'm working on right now is creating NFTs for books and um, creating, trying to create a new book experience. So that's kind of like my MVP, my minimum viable product. I'm trying to create like a prototype of my idea in the NFT space. And so I decided to focus on authors and the relationship between authors and readers as my uh, first use case of my big idea. Mm, okay. That'll be really interesting. I'm, I'm excited. Like there's so many areas of this concept that could be applied maybe in a, in a great way or not so great way. And so it's like, oh, with the new idea, sometimes there's like, um, oh, well, somebody could take this and run with it and it could go so many different places. So I'm, I'm excited that you're talking about it though, because I think that and, and I'm just going to put this plug in for Ethan because I just, I see this in him as a, a young person and um, he has so many people that he's trying to talk to, to get the idea in um, with feedback and he's taking it and he's thinking about it. And he's trying to process it and work on those things. And the initial book that he wrote was intentionally to start those conversations. And I think that that's what really good entrepreneurs do. They keep having conversations about ideas so that their their idea can be shaped into something that's workable and actually can be applied to a certain area to create value. And that's why I think like this whole conversation is so important because I think there's so many people out there that don't do that because they're like, well, maybe somebody will steal it or maybe I um, won't will will seem kind of crazy if people know what I'm talking don't ta- know what I'm talking about. So I want to encourage the other people that also are kind of with a similar personality and coming up with these really visionary things. <laughs> yeah, actually, it's funny. I had a friend of mine who read my book recently, and he's like, Ethan, I I was afraid to contact you because I'm also working on something similar. I'm like, what? <laughs> Um, this is someone who I pitched my idea to back in 2018 and I think it it kind of like stuck with him I think and so now he's trying to focus on um, helping like a very like impoverished group impoverished group of people and in this like like basically like underserved children right 
And like those children, he wants to be able to like create their own cryptocurrency for them. So they could, you know, basically invest in their like childhoods. Um, it's a very, very fascinating version of what I was thinking about. And I never would have thought about it on my own. And uh, he wants to like, you know, talk, like work on like possibly collaborating because the way that I, I kind of saw it is that we're actually very collaborative in our ideas, right? We both want to empower people both want to like give value to a certain like you know i for me i'm trying to like target the economy and like more like a macro scale thing Mm -hmm. he's very focused on like a a niche group of people that he thinks needs help right now Mm -hmm. and um i want to support him because he obviously we're like thinking the same way i i don't see it as him stealing my idea i just see it as like we have two different takes on a similar thing and the more that we're doing to build up the space, the more value we're creating for society. And so that's what I love about this crypto space right now is that there really isn't competition. It's like a weird concept, but mm-hmm. people are not very competitive. They are collaborative and they're collaborative because they realize that the more value it's being created for this whole industry, it's like the pie keeps getting bigger and bigger and everyone has room to like benefit from the growth of like this crypto pie and no one's like really has a monopoly because it's decentralized, right? So even if you look at Bitcoin, there's no CEO of Bitcoin. So there's no CEO who's like, I am getting the most out of everything. And if you grow this pie, it's actually for me in the end, right? There's no Jeff Bezos of Bitcoin is what I'm saying. <laughs> oh, um, <laughs> getting a little specific there. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm targeting Jeff Bezos. Um <laughs> But that's what I really like about the space is that it's it seems like the most equitable um, area to be in right now because innovation is happening constantly, but also value creation is being happening. People are like, I could I've connected with people who I don't even know how I got access to them, and it's only because of crypto. Like for my book, I got Tim Draper, who's like this billionaire uh, Bitcoin investor from Silicon Valley. He endorsed my book, and I think he did it because he wants more and more people in this space he wants to promote you know more like influencers more value creation entrepreneurs like the more people that are helping build up bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general the more value he gets right so Mm -hmm. it's this very collaborative environment which i think is really exciting um you don't really see that in any other industry yeah or maybe as openly in any other industry right now for sure for sure. Okay. So, um, tell us where people can find you. Yeah. So I'm, I'm pretty much everywhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, right now I'm trying to focus more on like Twitter, LinkedIn, um, Instagram. So if you just look at like Ethan Turr, um, either of those platforms, um, also my Instagram is van life book tour. Um, I'm planning on traveling to the East coast, uh, next, next year, 2022 when it gets warmer. <laughs> because <laughs> right now it's too cold to travel anywhere um so yeah okay. yeah awesome and i know we're going to transition now to the sister grok portion and i am excited about this story because it involves your sister too <laughs> yeah it does um shout out to my sister uh while i was writing my book actually um we would go on these walks and i would like talk to her about every chapter i was writing and she was like do i have to listen i'm like nicole <laughs> If if I can't explain it to you, then I'm not gonna be able to like explain it to everyone else. Come <laughs> so on, be the listening was, ear. <laughs> yeah, she was very helpful, um, being like my sounding board. 
but this is a funny story unrelated to like my book or crypto um my one of my friends was giving away like some stuff and so he gave me a drone and the drone that he gave me looked like really like really nice one I was really excited to use it like I charged all the batteries and then I took my sister to our our local park because I wanted to be safe you know and um test this drone in like a a safe environment where it's not going to like crash into anything and um I flew it up for the first time like 30 feet above me like straight up and then all of a sudden I'm like trying to move it and there's like a delay right so the the controls are working but when I go to the right it takes like five seconds to go to the right and so by the time I realize there's a delay the 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 drone gets further and further away from me where the delay keeps getting worse and worse so (laughs) I'm pressing buttons and I don't know what I'm doing but the drone is not like it just I think the drone is like there's glitching out and so all of a sudden now the drone's like 100 feet away from me and I realize that it's not even receiving a signal from me anymore and it's just flying straight to the like the street and I thought it was far enough away from the street where that wouldn't happen but I was wrong and so instead of like you know trying to just calmly figure out what to do I just yell like oh no and I like kind of just take the remote and I go running after it like full sprint and I just leave my sister behind me (laughs) and my sister I didn't even realize this she tells me afterwards that she was on the ground like cracking up laughing because in her mind she just saw like the TikTok like oh no oh no 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 and she's like (laughs) wishes that she was recording it but I'm like full sprinting towards this drone and I swear to God, I thought I was going to like cause like a like a 10 car like crash because, you know, it could have gone. It was a very busy street and it could have gone very bad. And did Luckily, you, you borrowed it? Was it you? Did you buy it or borrow it? He gave it to me. So it was like a oh, gift. Oh, OK. Yeah. I just at didn't least realize. You're not like, I have to get this back to him. <laughs> at that point, I wasn't even worrying about like if it had just like crashed and like it never used it again, it was fine as long as I didn't like kill anyone in the process um so luckily like luckily i was able to crash it into a tree right above a roof of like a house um i had to come back later with like a big stick to like knock it out of the tree it was just like ridiculous but i just the the image in my mind of like my sister on the ground laughing for like five minutes straight because i almost crashed it I could see that happening in my family as well. So don't don't feel alone there by any means. <laughs> yeah. If anyone wants a free drone, hit me up. <laughs> you have a broken one for them. <laughs> oh no, it still works. It's it's fine. I I somehow was able to not like it's it works, but it's the same problem with the delay. So if anyone out there who's savvy enough to figure that out and that they, they want to they want it for me because I'm never flying it again. So. Contact him on Instagram. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. I have really enjoyed our conversations and just talking about new ideas. Um, and if you enjoyed this conversation, you can definitely check Ethan Tur out or check out his book, The Next Gold Rush. And if you enjoyed this episode, you can give me a review on Apple Podcasts. We'll see you next week.